0: Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive Service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. I don't know if you noticed, there's some white stuff coming down. I uh, was looking at the radar this morning and I saw that it was going to come about the middle of our Logos class time and just before we worship time, our Revive Service here, and Thought, oh, this is gonna be fun. And, uh, so I won't hold you too late today. How's that? All right? So that way you can get home and you can navigate the the the, the roads. What's that, Paul? A shovel. You just shovel, right? Um, but uh, thankful for each of you and glad that you're here today. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Genesis, uh, verse 20 or chapter 22. We'll begin by looking at a couple other passages, but we're continuing our series today uh, on faith-driven leadership or stewardship, faith-driven stewardship. And as we uh, continue, today we want to look at the sacrificial life. And so the first uh, first week we, we looked at uh, the scrutinized life, looking and examining our own lives, not, uh, not scrutinizing others, but looking at our own. My own life, my own heart, and as uh, as a steward of one who has been entrusted with the things of God, um, am I continually examining and looking and seeing how God desires uh, and what He desires of my life? Um, last week we talked about the self-controlled life and what that means, and has faith-driven stewards you know, were called to live by the Word of God. And uh, and part of that is to grow this fruit that the, allow the Spirit of God to grow the fruit of self control. It's uh, it, it is a fruit, and it's grown, and it's usually grown best over time. It doesn't just pop up, uh, but self control uh, takes time, and yet we're called as we live lives of self control uh, to be in in uh, in fellowship and uh, abiding in the Father. And so uh, if you were here last week, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how'd you, how'd you do as you scrutinize your life uh, this last week? how do you do abiding in the vine? how do you do with self-control? Uh, and if you didn't do so well, let me encourage you. Again, while you can manipulate and you can change your circumstances and your setting and what's going on around you, it really comes from that relationship with God. God is the one who can help us uh, to be, as we sing sometimes in that song, more than conquerors. It's through Christ Jesus, our Lord, and he's the one who helps us. And so as we look today at the sacrificial life, I can't help but to begin, and we'll we'll look at it here in a minute, uh, of the life of Abraham and Isaac. But I can't help but to begin with the sacrifice of Jesus, because that's where it begins. When we look at the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, and uh, and and it takes me to uh, what John writes in First John chapter three, verse sixteen, where where he says that that there is no greater love than this than that one would lay down his life. Um, and that's what Christ has done for us. That's what Christ did for you. Christ sacrificed his life to give us life eternal because Jesus died on the cross was buried and rose again. Three days later, we have the opportunity to believe and to trust in Jesus and to claim that life for us, that the full punishment that we deserved has been paid upon the cross. And so we think of that, the sacrificial life. That's our savior. And if that was the life that our savior lived, we can see all throughout scripture that we serve a sacrificial God, a God who is willing to sacrifice on our behalf. We see that in Christ. That's our God. A lot of people want to define God as, you know, this big bully or this one who is manipulating and just moving these little pawns and we're just little chess pieces. That's not how God works. And in fact, we see his heart all throughout the scriptures, and we could even define him as a sacrificial God. He sacrificed his own son for our benefit that displays how much he loves us, how much he loves you. And so we have to begin there, and as we start there, um, then we're called, we're called to Live a life of sacrifice. But before we do that, we want to look here in Genesis. And I think this is a great example. So Genesis chapter 22. uh, We'll look at verses 1 through 18. And if you would, if you're willing and able, why don't you stand with me and let's uh, read this together. Genesis 22. And we'll read verses 1 through 18. It will be up on the screen as well for you. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham... and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offerings and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both of them went together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? The Mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place. Thank you for the facility you've given us so we can be outside of the elements or inside of the, away from the elements. And Lord, just thank you for this group that we, uh, that you have chosen and placed us here at this time, uh, at this place, Lord, to be underneath the teaching of your word, to be able to worship you. We are grateful for that, Lord. So we pray that your spirit would speak to us uh, through your word, through the truth of your word. And Lord, may we not only be hearers of the word, but may we be doers of it as well. So we, may we allow your spirit to speak to us this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So a few things that we see here and we think about sacrifice and uh, the sacrificial life. Now, can we just be honest for a second? How many of you... <laughs> when you read this story, you're like, dude, uh, like this is wrong. And anybody, any, would you, any of you admit that when you first heard this or maybe even this morning, when you hear this story, that this is like a, appalling in a way, anybody? Okay. And, and rightfully so we, we value life, right? We've, God in his word tells us the value of life. And he shows us that all throughout. And yet there's something so different about this. And we see it from the very beginning of what is recorded here. It says after all these or after these things, God tested Abraham. Sometimes God does things that may seem or look appalling to us. Let me just challenge you, encourage you. Sometimes when it comes to us being faith-driven stewards, when we look at how the world and how we've been taught and how things look, they just look almost like they're in opposition sometimes when God speaks to us. I am not telling you that you need to go out and kill one of your children. That's appalling. And in fact, if you feel like you're hearing that from God, we need to meet it immediately. Okay. And we'll talk. God tested Abraham. And part of that test was through time. God had made promises to Abraham and Abraham knew as a steward of God, that God was going to provide a son and God did provide that son. And it's almost like Abraham had gotten to this point in his life where he saw God working and providing. God kept his word. He provided him a son. And this heir, through his heir, was going to be uh, nations and greatness because of Abraham's faithfulness. And yet, there's a test here on the heels of, Ab- of Isaac being born. Here's his son as he's growing. And you can just feel the sense I, I have a son. And and all three of my kids are very special to me, but there's a sense, special sense that when you have a child and as you're watching them grow, you start to picture and to think, wonder what their life is going to be like. Wonder what is going to take place. I wonder how God's going to use them. And very early on, I mean, Isaac's old enough. He's talking to his dad in our text, right? So it's not like he's a little infant. I mean, he's lived long enough now that Abraham probably has a pretty good relationship with this boy. All right. And so in this sense, he's, he's wondering and thinking about these promises that God has given him and who this, who this son of his Isaac and how God wanted to, to use him and work through him. And it comes to this test then. And sometimes we wrestle with this idea that God's going to test us, but, but let me encourage you uh, testing is good. How do we know that? Well, James tells us what that is, right? When we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith ultimately produces and leads to us growing and ultimately what James says at the very end, while it produces these things, that we may be perfect. Are you perfect yet? Some of you are close, maybe. I know I'm not. That's the beauty of being married, man. Uh, you realize. So funny story here. I was talking to Jen Allison this morning. She's over in Portugal. I keep praying for her. Uh, she's just doing really well. We were FaceTiming this morning and uh, she had a question. And, and uh, um, after we were talking a little bit, she's like, you know what? You're right. And I'm like. And it's funny because a couple weeks ago she texted and and she said, you're right. And I said, write that down, Jen. And then she said today, she's like, that's the second time this year. I'm like, I'm really doing well. We're not even through January and I've been right twice. Now I would like to hear it from a few other people other than just Jen, but now uh, I'm just teasing. So when we walk through life, it's difficult and testing is hard. We're all challenged with that, and there's, separate, uh, there's, there's different times where those levels of testing are more difficult or easier to pass. It's just like walking into school and, and the teacher says, okay, we got a test today. You may know the information really well, and you may, you may pass it with flying colors. Other times, maybe you don't know it, or you don't understand it, and you haven't comprehended it yet. When we walk by faith, God will allow And sometimes he sets those things. Other times he allows them. They're not maybe from him, but he allows them in order to test us. And we should take uh, encouragement from that because ultimately the purpose of the testing is to draw us to himself. And so as his stewards, God, I'm I'm determined once you preach something like this, it's going to take place. There's something that's going to happen where you're going to be called to sacrifice something. Okay. Okay this week. It's just going to happen. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm telling you embrace that and know that the test that's set before you is for your good. It's not to show you that you don't know and that you're a failure and that you should just give up. It's to help you to realize who you are and who God is and the significance of living life continually by faith. That's why I've entitled this whole series, Faith Driven Stewardship. Because we don't own anything, but we are driven by that faith to continually rely upon God. We say that with Abraham. God sets this test out to him. And as crazy and far out there as it is, I, I believe this is the first part of as we learn uh, what it means to be sacrificial. We have to be listening. We have to be walking with God in order to even understand the test or what it means to, to sacrifice. So I think it's on the slide back there. Maybe Aaron will get it for us. That first point. I'm, no, I'm not going in order today, Aaron. That's not his fault. But that we need to listen and we need to walk with God. That's what Abraham was doing. He was listening to God because notice what he says here. He, he calls out to Abraham verse one. He said to him, Abraham and Abraham said, here I am. What's neat. It's, it's this almost, this is like this. It's a foreshadowing of what we're going to read in just a minute or what we read. It's this father son relationship between the heavenly father and Abraham. And then Abraham and Isaac have this same encounter Because we see this later on where where his son says to him, dad, and he says, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy, the the interaction with the angel, but Abraham has it with his son as well. We need to be walking and listening to God. You have to start there because the rest of the sacrifice will be self-focused and self-motivated. While maybe a good sacrifice if you're not doing it because you're walking with God and God's given you instruction, very quickly it will become all about you. And sacrifice isn't about us. Sacrifice is about the owner and the one who's given it to us because remember, we're just stewards. The second is we as we listen and as we walk with God we we have to be willing to do or to let go. Sometimes sacrifice means we let go of something, right? We're letting go of that thing so it can be used elsewhere or that financial gift or My time, I'm willing to let go of what I had planned so that I can help serve over here. See, sacrifice can look in a lot of different ways. I'm not just talking about your money this morning, okay? I'm talking about our lives, every part of it. What we see here is there has to be um, this, this willingness to do what God has called us to do. A willingness as we listen to him and he tells us, When he says to do it, we have to be willing to do it, a willing to let go. Having now, uh, almost 20 year old daughter, when they go to college, it's like the most horrible thing in all the world as a parent, right? If you haven't experienced that, let me just tell you, be prepared not to scare you anything, but it's like a shock. Like you get ready for it and you prepare for it. That's why you raise your kids so they can get out of your house. Like when they're little, you're like, can I just have a break? But when they're going away, it's like they're going and you're like, am I ever going to see you again? Like, man, like, so in that sense, the sacrifice, it's not a sacrifice. It's what God's called us to do, but it's that same feeling of saying, okay, Lord, they're not mine. They're yours. And I have to be willing to not dictate the terms. I have to be willing to let them go and that you will interact in their lives, that you will continue to lead them and guide them. A willingness to do and to let go. We see that with Abraham. He was willing to do it. Abraham didn't delay. The text doesn't tell us that he waited a long time. No, he got up, chopped some wood and prepared and took two of his servants and They started on their journey. He went. And then not only that, but then he got to this place where he could see the mountain from afar. Because God told him where he was going to lead him. He didn't give him all the details, which is often the way sacrifice goes. God's going to give us little bits and pieces along the way. If he starts calling us to do something, then oftentimes he's not going to give us the full picture. He's going to give us one piece at a time. And so God didn't tell him exactly where he was going to go. He said, you just go to the mountain and I'm going to show you on the mountain where you need to go. So Abraham gets to this place. He sees from afar where God is leading him. And so he tells his two servants, hey, we're going to come back. You hang out here. I love it because this, it it, it just oozes faith. We see later on in Hebrews, um, what Abraham really believed. Abraham believed that God was going to raise his son from the dead. He was willing to be obedient to that point because ultimately he had the faith to say, yes, Isaac and I are coming back to you guys. You guys hang out here because he believed that no matter, even if he needed to sacrifice his son, that God was going to raise him from the dead. He had that amount of faith. And so as he was willing to do this, he took one step at a time, following and walking with the Lord. And he got to the mountain. He built the altar. He stacked the wood. He bound Isaac, put Isaac on there, and he pulls back the knife, ready to do exactly what God called him to do. He was willing to be obedient. And that's our last one. Obedience to not withhold. Abraham could have done everything else and gotten to that point. Then when he, he got up on the mountaintop, he could have paused and just hesitated or waited and delayed and said, let's wait here for three days and see if God will provide something else. He didn't do that. Oftentimes when God calls us to sacrificial living, we are encountered at that very point in time where it's really going to hurt us or we're really going to feel it. And let me encourage you, having walked through it on both ends, times where I delayed and other times where I was obedient. And maybe you can speak of this. Isn't it awesome when you see God work and show up? At that point, when you're willing to obey and not withhold, God shows up in a great way. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it, it feels like you're giving, like you are, you're, you're killing your child. I can't believe I'm doing this. But yet here, God provided. He provided the sacrifice. He provided the ram. He spoke to his son and he said, hey, Isaac was asking, hey, we got, we got the wood, we got the fire, but where's, where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And ultimately, Abraham said, hey. God's going to provide it. He didn't say, oh, you're the lamb. (laughs) Because why? He was walking with God, listening to him, willing to obey him one step at a time. And he wasn't going to hold back. What about you? Are you willing to be obedient and not withhold? Because when we start holding back what that sign shows God and it should show ourselves is that we think that we have that right or that I'm the owner or that I have to take care of this. We have countless stories throughout the scriptures that show us sacrifice. One of my favorite stories as a kid was over in first Kings. We won't look at it this morning, but I encourage you to read it first Kings. Uh, when, uh, when we see the widow and, and her son and they have enough, enough food, enough, uh, oil and flour to make one biscuit. And then they were going to die. And Elijah says, Hey, why don't you make that for me? That was pretty selfish and greedy of them, wasn't it? From our perspective the call of sacrifice that they would, that she would be willing to do that. And how did God show man? He showed up over and over again, providing multiple days out of one day's worth. God did something miraculous. Sometimes I think we live in this day and I have to be careful because we are Baptists here, but do you believe that God can still do the miraculous? Thank you. You guys are awesome today. God can. And I think sometimes when we hold back, when we're not willing to sacrifice, and reality is it's not really a sacrifice at all because we see the the end story. We see the sacrifice and and the benefit of it. We're more benefited if we sacrifice than if we hold on. The benefits are greater. So why, why do we hold on? Why is it so hard? Because oftentimes we live by this, we live by sight. We live horizontally instead of relying upon the one who is not limited by the sight. if you have your Bibles turn over then to the new Testament, if you would Romans chapter 12, probably a familiar passage to you familiar verse. Where Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. What is it? Well, because God's given us salvation. Right? He's provided salvation, what he's talked about. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. It's your act of worship. To scrutinize your life, to present it as holy, knowing that we can't make ourselves holy, but it's by the forgiveness and the blood of Jesus. But we present ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice. We say, I'm here, I'm available, God, do whatever you want. And as we walk with him and as we experience and, 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 and try to exhibit and grow in our self-control where we realize that our lives aren't just about me and what I want and what I desire, but yet in return, it's what God is desiring and the sacrifices that he may be requiring of us that we are called then to offer. Offer our lives, offer our bodies to say, God, here's my life. I'm, I, I will sacrifice whatever I desire, whatever I want. I want to give it to you because you deserve this offering. This is what I have. We actually see in the Gospel of Luke kind of what this looks like. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip over there. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter nine, verse 23. We'll look at through 23, 24 and 25. Jesus says this, he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let me just pause there. I think it's interesting. The steps here, if anyone would come after. All right, following after him. If we want to say, Jesus, you are the leader and I'll follow after you. Okay, if you want to do that, you must first, what, deny yourself. Sounds like something we talked about last week, right? Self-control. Denying what you want. Deny yourself and take up his cross Daily. A lot of different commentators speculate on what what exactly this means. I don't want to get into the depths of that. All I want to pinpoint is to say this. We know what happened at the cross. Jesus ultimately died. He hung on a cruel cross. Weighing on him our full amount of sin. The perfect God left heaven, came to earth to die on a cruel cross across uh, a picture of, of, of cruelty like none other of shame like none other hung on this wooden cross, the beams with his arms stretched out and he died. He sacrificed himself. And so as Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to follow after me, why don't you, you first, you have to deny yourself and then you have to take up your cross daily. While there are burdens and hardships and struggles, ultimately it's the call. As we view our lives, I am not the owner of my life. I'm called to be a a sacrifice. To live a sacrificial life. And notice the word there. Daily. That the burdens that come upon me. I'm not alone. God's there with me. Helping me. Because he went before me. But I'm called to pick up that cross. Ultimately choosing to say yes. I am going to live. This life of burden. And hardship. And struggle at times. Willing to sacrifice what I want. Why? So I can follow him. Let's continue verse 24. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? You want to save your life, you want to have a good life. The world doesn't have anything it can offer to you only temporary. But if you're willing to lose your life, Jesus says, I'll give you life. I'll give you everything you need. That's what a sacrificial life looks like. That's why when we're really sacrificing, if I'm honest which I really struggle with this. I love giving gifts when it's on my terms. I don't like sacrificing my time at certain points of my week. You don't either, right? I mean, let's face it, when you get stuck in traffic, you get mad, upset. Why is this person going so slow? I just saw somebody look at their spouse like, wonder what the trip here today would look like. We have an awesome God. He's given us great promises. Why should we not be willing to lay down our lives? That's why going back to first John chapter three, verse 16. Is this look at it by this, we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Are you doing that? Is your faith-driven stewardship life exemplifying and showing? You're sacrificial. Would the word sacrificial describe your life? If it doesn't ask the Lord for help, listen to him, walk with him, but be willing to do what he calls you to do, to let go, whatever he calls you to let go, be obedient to that. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help. Lord, we, we need your guidance. We need your, your help with us because we're prone to do our own thing. At the very core of our heart, Lord, we are selfish beings. I'm so selfish. And yet, Lord, you are so good to us. You're so merciful. You're so kind. Your loving kindness never ends. And and yet, Lord, you, as we looked at it this morning, you, you allow tests. Sometimes you send them. Other times you allow circumstances and things to be put before us that test us. It tests our faith. It tests whether or not we're willing to be living a sacrificial life. It tests us to our core to see even if we're, if we're faith-driven stewards, Or we're sight-driven owners. Lord, all of us wrestle with this, and so we need your help. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you have given us a helper, the spirit of the living God who resides in each of his children, to help guide us and to direct us and to lead us. I pray that we would listen to you. That we would not only read your word, we would study it. We would be in it, learning and growing so that when the tests come, that we can pass the test because we've been in your word. We've been walking with you. We're listening to your spirit, guiding and directing us. So may it be true of us as we continue on this journey, Lord, in our lives, that this word sacrificial would describe us. Thank you, Lord, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.